This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? It's episode 127 of Small Talk. Your host, Michelle Smallman and Steve Cerruti are here with you. Hello to our podcast audience and hello to our YouTube audience. And Steve, I know before we get the content going here, you wanted to shout out the people commenting on our YouTube page. Yeah, you know, we usually do shout out corner at the end of the show, but right. we're going to we're going to kick it off with shout out corner. I want to shout <laughs> yeah. out. We had a lot of activity on the YouTube page. Uh, a bunch of people commenting. Shout out to Jason, who said, dude, Uggs are, were never attractive, which I disagree with. Uggs were definitely attractive. That uh, harkens back to last week's pod about things that um, whether or not they held up, which we're going to ha- we actually have a couple of new examples we're going to do this week from our intern, John. And then a guy, see some believes that I should be his financial advisor now. I would not recommend that, but I appreciate your enthusiasm and your trust in me. So that's really good. Yeah, right. You know, you have a little Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street vibe going on. Just yeah. chest pound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how really it goes, good. but I love it. Like, have you ever done that before? That actually feels really good. Especially if you hum at the same time, it's almost meditative. It's very, very yeah, relaxing right? and soothing. Wait, I feel that deep in my chest cavity. Oh my yeah, god! That's what McConaughey does. Can he we knows do that before things. every pod? That's how we. That's how we start. We get a little powwow going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, Steve, I'm still hanging on to my AMC stock. Okay, I know so- everybody else. <laughs> but I read something that says hang on to it until the end of the week so I'm still on it well at this point it's down so much that what are you gonna take a loss on it you might as I'll just take the L if it goes to zero and I'll just that money's no longer mine anymore if it goes to zero that's totally fine the only option we have is to hold on to it I think you bought in what 12 I think I bought in around 13 which was stupid I did I bought in so I'm so mad I'm so mad and this is why you shouldn't be I shouldn't be your financial advisor so this is actually hilarious I think it was the day. What was the, What day did you buy it? Was it Thursday or Friday of last week? I think it was Friday. What, whatever day we taped last week. I no no no. Whatever day we taped last week. I think I bought the day after. So I think we taped Wednesday. So I bought Thursday. Okay, so I probably bought it later that day. But stupid me because I knew nothing about the stock market. I'm sitting there that day. I'm looking at it and it's going down. It's at you know you bought it. I think at twelve. It's at eleven, ten, nine. It's at eight. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm just going to buy this. I'm going to wait till it gets low, as low as possible. And then if it starts ticking up a little bit, I'll, I'll buy. And stupid me, I thought the stock market closed at 5.30. Oh. That's incorrect. Stock market closed at 4.30. Yeah, so I was yeah. unable to buy the stock that day at like eight and change, which would have been awesome. And I had to buy it the next day after overnight, it just jumped way up. I bought it like 13 something and totally screwed Ooh, myself over. So damn, I, this is why I should not be your financial advisor. So see some, I mean, I appreciate it, but uh, it's probably not going to work out well for anybody, but you're right. I'm holding on. I mean, to the moon, right? We got to wait. Either it's going to be zero or to the moon, one or the other. And I've, I'm okay with both out, both outcomes. You know, I'm glad to have you, Steve, as my partner on the rocket ship as we go to the moon. Yeah. I mean, I, again, know nothing, but I've been reading more Reddit threads about this though. And it's so confusing. People are just like, oh, it's done. Other people are like, no, you're right. Hold out to the end of the week. I have no idea what to believe, but I got skin in the game and I'm in it to win it, baby. I'm not, I'm not quitting now. You know, I'm not a quitter. This is what we do here on small talk. So my finance guy who I did a zoom with and was like, yeah, get in on the stock, like do it now. Here's what you need to do. Texted me at the beginning of the week, essentially saying, yeah, hang on to it till the end of the week. We are holding, we're not selling. This is what we're going to do. He texted me yesterday being like, I sold it off. <laughs> I sold my <laughs> He's like, I sold my share. So you might want to get out now. Like you might want to abort mission now. And I was like, you know what? No, I got indignant. I'm like, you might want to quit, but I am not. I'm hanging on till the end of the week. If I lose the money, so be it. But I do think that the revolution is still going on. No, you and I are like Hodor from Game of Thrones, just <laughs> right? back to the wall. Like we will not quit here. This is not a time to sell whatsoever. But hold the door. 
there's a good chance we're going to be out whatever money we invested by the end of the week. So 100%. Yeah. We're going to be broke as bitches by Saturday morning. I can yep. promise you that. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, a couple other things, Steve, have happened since we last taped. Not only are we both in on AMC stock, but we pretty rigorously upset the waterbed community. Yeah, I didn't understand what that was about, actually. So last week, again, in our, you know, does it hold up? I mentioned waterbeds, which we both were like zero chance that held up. And then all of a sudden we started getting tweets. You started getting a bunch of tweets from <laughs> waterbed stands that I didn't really yeah. know were on, were even around. But apparently right. there's this guy through your letterman who I think I've heard. Have you ever heard of him before? I have not, but I am also not cool online. That's so. not true. I mean, you're, you're actually pretty cool. That's I feel no, like you're Steve, there's like all of these things that I have no idea what anyone is talking about. I don't know about the TikTok. I don't know what the challenge is. I don't know about these cool accounts. I had no idea who he was, but that says more about me than anything. Well, you reposted or you what quote tweeted the, the video I sent out of does grinding hold up? And in that tweet, I put, do waterbeds <laughs> hold up? I was asking the question. You said, spoiler alert, waterbeds do not hold up. And this one guy responds to at three or letterman and just says, cancel culture out to get you coach. And three or letterman says, um, unfinanced waterbeds are the most coveted asset of 2020. And I think this guy, I think I've heard of this guy. And there's actually an article about him on the, on uh, the athletic and he's got a bunch of followers. And I guess his thing is he buys unfinanced waterbeds because he's a badass. (laughs) So that's the only thing I took out of that, but it got like 86 likes. There's a ton of people in our comments just saying, dude, waterbeds are where it's at. So we tapped into something that we didn't really fully understand and it kind of blew up in our face a little bit. And our sincere apologies to the waterbed squad out there. We did not know that unfinanced waterbeds were hot in 2021. I was thinking about this purely from a stability standpoint. I don't want to get seasick while I'm trying to get my sleep on, get my dream on. I don't want to be flopping around like flounder in the middle of the night, but apparently waterbeds still hot. Who knew? Yeah. And in their defense, I've never actually slept on a waterbed. So I can't tell you. I just assume <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, either. but I've never actually experienced it. So it's one of those things where can I knock it until I tried it? No. So you know what? Shouts out to you. I don't, I shouldn't be able to say it because I've never experienced it firsthand. Do you think all your dreams are under the sea if you sleep in a waterbed? <laughs> yeah. You exclusively dream about drowning and that's how you wake up from nightmares. Um, yeah. Probably. Or you dream about being Ariel with Sebastian and Flounder cruising around in the ocean. Is that what you dream about all the time? Or maybe you have exclusively boat dreams. Ooh, like perfect storm. You just dream like you're, <laughs> you're Mark Wahlberg hanging out out there to right. see you get seasick at night in the middle right. of the night. Possible. I have no idea. We can't, totally. can't confirm or deny. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should sleep on a waterbed and then we can come back and make a true determination. If there's any waterbed companies out there that want to sponsor the pod, hit us up. I'll sleep on a waterbed for as long as you want. All the free pub you want too. We'll see. We'll, we'll try it out. We'll do Absolutely. it. We'll make it a show thing. I can't tell you that I'll give you a ring endorsement, but at least, you know, we'll try it. Yeah. We can't tell you we're going to love your product, but please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll test it out on the fly. But uh, we crossed up in that on, on social media. We completely went in Arden Chartered Waters and went to a territory that we had no idea even existed. So you, you find those pockets every once in a while on the internet. A lot of times they're scary. This one just happened to be funny. And we do have one more piece of news to report and to discuss Steve, I don't know how to break this to you, buddy, but Colton Wong, your boy, B-O-I, no longer with the St. Louis Cardinals. We knew that he was out there as a free agent. There were rumors that he would come back, but we got the news today. Colton Wong in agreement with the Brewers. I know you're a Wisconsin guy. He's going to the Brewers. Two-year, $18 million contract, third-year club option pending a physical. So as sad as I am to see Colton Wong leave the Cardinals, I'm 
even more devastated that I may have lost you as a Cardinal fan. I did have a couple of Shelly's tweet that at me today. And so I, I, oh, I was, man. I was, I was tipped off to the news a little bit earlier. So I had time to prepare for this emotionally, but I don't know where to go from here. I mean, my Cardinals fandom is it's hanging by a thread. I can't, I don't have any other emotional connections to the Cardinals right now. What else do I, I had Colton Wong and I had Matt Carpenter. That was pretty much it. And I think is Matt Carpenter still around? He is, but they got Nolan Arenado, who is the best third baseman in baseball. Yeah. So Matt Carpenter probably looking at a super utility role. So you're not oh, going to see man. a lot of him. Am I a Brewers and fan also, now? Steve, he Maybe. Made, well, that could be fun because we would be cheering for opposing teams in the same division. Let me ask you this. Why did the Cardinals let him walk? You talked about how amazing Colton Wong was. I watched one game. He was awesome. He seemed like everyone, yeah. it seemed like everyone in the city it. loved this guy. Why did they let him go? Come on, you're the Cardinals. You're not supposed to lose players to the Brewers. What are we doing? They didn't lose him. It was their choice. They initiated the breakup. Oh, okay. He, he was owed too much money, and they realized that his value was not what his contract was worth, and so they let him explore the market. And in the meantime, they went out and made a big deal to acquire Nolan Arenado, and they brought Adam Wainwright back, and they're likely bringing Yadier Molina back. So I think even though Colton Wong is a gold-glove second baseman, they're looking at the finances, and they're saying, we can slot Tommy Edmund right in there. Well, as long as they're okay losing fans like me, then that's fine. But I guess Matt Carpenter is going to have to slide right into second base or other, otherwise your boy's looking for a new team. I don't know. And, I, and as I said last week, I think I do like the oh. Brewers jerseys better than the Cardinals too. So this is, it's leaning, it's leaning Milwaukee here. Yeah, whatever. You can have them. You can go ahead and take those jerseys. All right. I'll keep the birds on the bat. I will also tell you, and this is not confirmed yet, that Matt Carpenter mentioned in the off season that he may wear batting gloves. So. Oh man, what is happening? All the things that I liked <laughs> about this team, they're just not they're fading. Not confirmed. Okay. He might not do it, but I saw that quote and I thought, ooh, Saruti is not going to like this. You shouldn't this. have told me that. You shouldn't I'm have told sorry. me that. <laughs> yeah, we're, this is not, you're not doing the Cardinals any justice here in my book. But what if I just showed up like next pod in a Colton Wong Brewers jersey? <laughs> that would be awesome. I would be floored that you would spend the money to buy a baseball jersey, A, and that B, it would be Colton Wong for the Brewers. Yeah, I don't think you could wear Baseball jerseys can't be worn in a cool way. Really? No. I think of all the jerseys, if you saw a guy wearing, or a girl, wearing a jersey, and you were, like, the levels of judgment that you would say, oh, that's stupid, or that's awesome, of all the major sports, what's the highest to lowest? I would say soccer jerseys are the coolest. Are football the worst? Hockey's really cool too. Hockey sweater. Whenever you see somebody in a hockey sweater, it's like, oh, that person's awesome. The only time that I've ever seen people in hockey sweaters that I think look really cool is if you go skiing and guys on the slopes are wearing a hockey sweater. Whoa, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh yeah, guys wear jerseys on the slopes all the time. Over That's their coat, sick. over their hoodies. Yeah, they look really, and it's always snowboarders and they look really cool. Uh, of course, yeah, wow. It's a look, yeah. it's a lifestyle. More than, I don't think I could pull that off, but that is pretty sick. No, you definitely couldn't. I couldn't either. It's definitely the bros who are out there shredding pal and looking really cool doing it. Shredding pal. Let's go. Using the <laughs> lingo now. Uh, I would, yeah, because I, I mean, think come on. Baseball's, baseball's on the low end, though. I just don't think you could pull off a baseball jersey in public and look cool. T-shirt jersey, maybe. I don't really think you can pull off any jersey and look cool. That's unless neat. you're on the slopes, like I said. Yeah, you know, I'm not a jersey part. girl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think you can wear like, a cool soccer jersey and look Euro and be into it but you had to wear skinny jeans there's a lot of other things that go with that outfit you can't just put on a soccer jersey and think you're cool yeah that's your opinion that's your opinion. Oh, okay okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> my bad i'll just i'll just take a step back here and assess my style there you go um so we, last week we did does it hold up and that's how we got mm -hmm. in this waterbed kerfuffle online all of a sudden we walked into a waterbed beef we didn't ask for but our intern john who's doing amazing things on the website and you should definitely check out his work 
has come up with a couple of desert holdups. Is that how I say it? Desert holdups. Yeah, he's got four. He's got <laughs> four examples. Options or and- quandaries. Examples. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Exactly. But he's come up with some of his own, Steve. I like Quandry's the best. But um, before I do that, he has four good ones. We're going to get them in a second. I, just, I do want to shout out people. Speaking of John, if you're not checking out his blog on the website, Shell Talk blog, you have to every week, usually a couple days after the pod actually drops, a lot of times over the weekend, if not like early the following week. He has an awesome, really funny, and it's not too long, but it just sums up the blog, gives his opinions on stuff. It's really funny. And I wanted to shout out uh, our guys, Troy and Colin, who've been very active in the comments section on the blog yes. as well. And we encourage everyone, go on there, check the website out. You can find episodes there. You can find a bunch of different things there, including John's blog. And you can comment on it and get a part of the small talk conversation every week. So I want to make everybody aware of that. But so these are all four. I have four examples from John that are, and I'll ask you, do they hold up or do they not hold up? Ready? We'll do these quickly because we got a lot to do with this pod. We got a lot to do. Um, First one, Nike shocks. Do they hold up or not? No, 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 no. But I tell you, I was the baddest bitch at Catholic school when I had the pink custom <laughs> Nike shocks with oh, my yes. name on the side. <laughs> me too, not pink. I was the baddest pink, but... bitch walking, let me tell you, Steve. I had the same ones. They were the custom. Mine were oh. mine were navy blue and like a greenish yellow high kind of thing. And yeah, I had my name on the back and they were awesome. I loved them. They were my probably my favorite shoes I ever owned, but they do not hold up at all. Shock, yeah. Nobody wears shocks anymore. There were, yeah. shock NBA, there were shock basketball shoes, which were terrible for you. They were heavy. They yeah. hurt your heel actually because of the way that they were set up. They would only obviously the shocks were at the four points of your heel, and it got no. It gave no support to the middle part of your heel, and actually caused injuries. I believe I read that as well, which is why they don't really exist anymore. But you're right. If you showed up in, with new shocks on the first day of school, you were somebody to not be fucked with. Period. That's right. <laughs> that was a flex that topped all other flexes at that time. You would walk in and say, uh, have you checked below my ankles? Okay. Yeah. Have you seen what I'm working with south of the ankles? So shocks, great, but absolutely do not hold up in 2021. Absolutely do not. All right. Next one. Emo music. Yeah, sure. Totally holds up. I don't think so. I love emo music. And when you put it on, it brings you back to a time when simpler times when you're listening to Simple Plan or I don't know, My Chemical Romance. All these How things about- are great. <laughs> Red jumpsuit apparatus. Red, oh, well, yes. Well, yes. Are you so surprised I pulled that, that one out of my I did not pocket? expect you to say that one. That's a, that's a great call. It's almost a deep Thank track. You. They had, what's Thank the one you. song they had? Oh, um, I got to get the name correct. It's going to bother me now. I'm yeah. Gonna sing, I don't want to sing it because that's offensive. I have a terrible voice, but let me make sure I get the name right. Red jumpsuit, face down. Yes. Oh yes. my God. What a jam. Yeah. There'll be no singing on this, but actually I may throw that on the, uh, on the pot, on the Spotify playlist a little bit later. <laughs> Um, I find that emo music is fun to listen to and harken back to a time when you were a kid. And, you know, for us, it was, you know, the the mid 2000s when we were in high school and college and whatnot. But that doesn't hold up at all. The whiny, angsty, me, me thing. Just it's terrible. It's terrible music. I'm sorry. It is. And it's okay to still listen to it because I do. But it's not timeless. It's not classic. It is specific to that era. Doesn't hold up for me at all. I think if you can turn it on and still want to sing to it, it holds up. So I'm there. I'm all saying, right. yes, it holds up. It's a fair argument. It's a fair argument, but I'm going to go the other way on that. Okay. Um, all right, next one. Two more left. Grunge. And he's, so I don't even think he's talking about grunge music specifically. He's talking about the lifestyle in general, like the flannels, not showering, long hair, Seattle, rainy scene. Does the grunge scene hold up? 
So my initial thought was no, because I'm pro flannel, but I'm anti not showering, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes, because living in a pandemic, we're all grunge right now. We're all throw on the flannel, throw on things with holes in it. We don't really care. A lot of people probably aren't taking good care of themselves in the hygiene department because we're all working from home. And let's be honest, when we get on a Zoom, you don't see me from here down. I'm definitely wearing sweatpants underneath this. So I would say, yeah, we have rebirthed grunge, actually. I want to ask you, who are the pro non-showering people? You said you're, you're, you're anti-non-showering. Who are the, who are the people that are pro not-showerers? There are some people, Steve. Trust me when I tell you. There are some people that are very pro- I don't want to shower. Like forever? Yeah. I mean, there are people that say conserve water or shower once a week. There is a whole movement, Steve, called the like the no poo movement about people not using shampoo. They say it's better. Oh, for I, thought, your I thought we were going somewhere else with that. That was a little confusing <laughs> for a second. I'm like, wait, that seems not healthy for you, but okay. All right, I get you. No, no, no. We're not talking gut health, okay? We're, yep. we're talking showering. We're talking about bowels here. We're talking yeah. about shampoo. Right, right, right. Um, there are people that say shower with a friend, conserve water. You know, there are some people that are just lazy, especially if they're not going to see anybody. Shower with a friend seems a little bit weird. Um, I mean, you've seen that sign. It's in a lot of beach towns, conserve water, shower with a friend. Yeah, but who actually practices that? I think a lot of people, Steve. Maybe, I, just not me. And I don't think, I mean, I would, I would be surprised if you were as well, but who knows? Uh, you know what, Steve? I do not picture you as someone with a shower buddy. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Although it was always funny. Remember in college, it was like the rude awakening when, you know, there's a community showers and there's things between them, but you're very much naked. And there are guys that like to be naked more than other guys. I had a guy live at the end of the hall. He was older than everybody else who played lacrosse and good dude, but very broy. And he was always naked. I'm like, dude, relax. Right. Put some pants on. This is right. not acceptable. This is not cool. But there are some guys that are just fine with that. I'm sure there are some girls the same way. Getting back to the grunge thing, I actually do think it holds up too. And you mentioned the quarantine stuff. You're 100% right about that. Where there's a lot of grunge qualities to, to quarantining and where we are now. And sure. just the mood, like the moodiness of grunge. I think people are kind of in that same mold. They're just kind of like, Ugh, yeah. I'm always moody in certain ways. Yeah, you are grunge. Being isolated. I am a little, I don't dress grungy. I have a couple of flannels, but I don't think they would be considered grunge flannels. And I even think the music does hold up like Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Yeah. Um, all those bands, there is some timelessness to that music. It will eventually probably go out of style, but not right now. I think that still works uh, in 2021. So I say grunge, it holds up. I agree. All right. Do we have one more? Last one. Aviator sunglasses. This is a weird one. No, it's not. Totally holds up. I'm sorry. You can wear aviators anytime in your life and look cool doing it. I haven't worn aviators in years. Uh, I wore them probably in high school and college. And then I transitioned to the Wayfarers. And then I transitioned to the Clubmasters. And now mm -hmm. I'm in more of a the circular ones, the European style ones. So my sunglass game has evolved over the years. As it should. I don't wear aviators, but I don't think they go out of style. I think you could wear them. I just yeah. don't personally wear them. So yeah, I, I do think they hold up, even though they're not my favorite. You look like a pilot, which is classically hot. Yeah, they are specific to people's faces. I think aviators tend to, they lend themselves to people with, um, I think bigger faces than, than small faces because they're so massive and they take up so much room on your face, but it wouldn't be my first choice, but I, yeah, the aviators hold up. So there you go. Shouts out to intern John. He did a good job there. I like all those. And I think my favorite was the, uh, the Nike shocks one, which definitely don't hold up, but bring back great memories. That's true. Shout out to John and shout out to shell talk. Continue the conversation there. Okay. Steve, we have two things on the board today. And I'm going to let you once again pick. We're bringing back something we've done a little recently and something we haven't done since episode 100. So on the board today, we have 
a new edition of 10,000 Frogs, and we have A-plus content. Where would you like to go first? We got to go 10,000 Frogs. It's been too long. I think the last time we did it was with Marv. And That's right. Hilarious. I don't even remember what is, who's the king frog. I don't remember what the king or queen frog is right now, so you'll have to refresh my memory and refresh the audience's memory, but it's been yes. too long. Let's start there. Dating is really, really hard. Uh, so listen, I want to ask you something. Uh, can I get your number? But don't worry, listeners. You have to kiss 10,000 frogs before you find the one. Can I have your phone number? Can I have it? Will you give me your number? Can I have it? Can I have your number? Let's get through this together. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Small Talk presents 10,000 Frogs. So as a refresh, Cardio Frog is still on top. Cardio uh. Frog still sitting on the throne to refresh everyone's memory. This was the guy who went out on a date with a female told her, hey, my kink is that I like to listen to heartbeats. So he pulls out a stethoscope, he listens to her, they hang out again, and he takes it up a notch and says, hey, maybe this time you can pretend to have a heart attack and die. And she's like, what? But does it anyway. And after she did it, they were having a little powwow post hang. And he says, maybe next time sell it a little more, like you're really dying. And she was like, how about no? And left, but that was the story. The best part of that is always the fact that he critiqued her acting skills and she was she didn't play dead well enough. That is always the best part. And it's also my favorite part because that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It wasn't that he asked her to do that. It was when he critiqued her for not right. being good enough at it. So that is right. a great choice for number one. It's going to be tough to top that one, but we'll see. We had put out the call for 10,000 Frog submission a little bit ago and I had a couple things in here. So gosh, these are both interesting. I don't know which one to go with first. So I'm okay, I'll go with this one. I'll go with this one. Hey, Sarah Michelle, I had a terrible first date I want to tell you about. I had a first date. It was going really, really well. And all of a sudden, this girl looks up at me and asks me how many people I've slept with. I was stunned. I barely know this person. And she's asking for info like that. She said she doesn't want to be with a guy who, quote, has multiple notches on his belt. And that she wanted to know this info before we proceeded with the date. I was weirded out by this. I'm no Ron Jeremy, but I've also been single for many years. So it's not a number that I like to just throw out there without proper context. I laughed at her. I made a little joke about the question and I changed the subject. We continued hanging out, eating. Later in the evening, she brings it up again and asks me not only for the number, but the name of the last person I slept with. <laughs> I told well, there things went well and we got serious. There would be plenty of time to have deeper talks about stuff like this. She looked at me and said, wow, you must have a really high number then. This just isn't for me. She got up and left the restaurant. I was stuck with the bill and unnecessarily feeling like a man whore. Okay. Aggressive move by her. Right. Very aggressive. But not answering the question, the only way you can take that is that the number is really high. So- I get why he wouldn't want to answer the question. I get why he wouldn't be a, want to be a part of that. But you have to understand, if you don't answer the question, the only assumption is that you have slept with a ton of people and that's going to put her off. So unless you really liked her, you, you probably dodged a bullet here. That would be my assumption. But I don't think you should be asking that on first date by any means. I mean, maybe it's, it's something that comes up eventually that you should have to figure out because it is a big deal. I mean, I think there are plenty of people that want to make sure that they're being safe and that their partner's not just like some man whore. But- <laughs> I do understand why she'd be like, if you're not going to answer, then I can't do this. That's the one thing she wanted and you didn't give it to her. So sorry. Yeah, there's so many uh, things about this, but 
A, she should not be asking that question on a first date. That is very personal information. And if you don't even plan on seeing this person ever again, if there's no connection here, why is anyone going to give out that info just willy nilly? Number two, it's not as if she said, here's my number, what's yours? She didn't offer up that information about herself. So there's no equity in this. It's just her digging for information from you. And three, I don't think that's fair at all that just because someone doesn't want to provide that to you, I mean, probably not even knowing your last name, that you can all of a sudden judge them and get on your high horse and put on your white wig and pretend like they're a man whore and get up and stick them with the bill. Unfair. Sticking with the bill, that sucks. But I I will say the part that we didn't even discuss yet is asking the the name of the last partner that you slept with. Is this some sort of small town where everybody knows everybody? Because then I think, okay, maybe, you know, I want to know, you know, who did you date? Who did you not date? But if it's a city or you guys aren't even from that area... And there's zero chance you probably even know the last person they slept with. What a weird question. Unless she was going to, you know, write it down and Google that person later and do a bunch of weird background information, which you're probably dealing with somebody you don't want to date anyway. Uh, but uh, I get it. So, what, all right, Michelle, when do you find that out? When is the appropriate time to ask that question? I mean, if you are at a point where it's serious, it's really serious and you guys maybe are getting close to saying, I love you, or you really think you're falling for that person, then I think that's probably the time, right? My point is once you know you're in a committed relationship and once you know that you trust this person and that you're going to be in it for a while, then I think that that's appropriate to ask. But you know what I thought of? Well, I don't know why. What do you think before I tell you what I thought of when I read this? I think that's fair. And, you know, I think a lot of people like to say, okay, I don't care what happened in the past, right? Let's, we're starting a relationship from right now and I'm going to judge you as the person that I know. But if her thing is she doesn't want to date bimbos and people that just, you know, whatever, are non-prudes. I thought a bimbo meant you're dumb. Oh, I don't know. Well, but, well, no, what am I thinking of? Uh, gigolo. 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 Yeah. I, I said skank. <laughs> bimbo. Yeah, well, I don't know. A bimbo gigolo. A bimbo uh, and Laboon. If, if that's a deal breaker for her, I'm not saying I agree with it, but if she doesn't want to date someone that's been around, then that's kind of her right and prerogative. And again, I think you dodged the bullet because you don't want to probably be with that person anyway if she's that adamant about it. Maybe she should go on Christian Mingle or something. I don't know. That's true. That's true. Um, or like I said, maybe if she is vulnerable and she led with that information on her side of it, then that person I'd said beat up as well. But you know what I thought of when I first read this? This girl is friends with someone he dated who wants that info. Oh, that's a good call. Okay. She's that's just where my mind was because that is so outrageous to ask that on a first date. I was thinking maybe she knew someone from his past or knew that information already and was testing him to see if he would give it up and or if he was lying. I don't know. He might not know this either, but that's what I thought. Okay. He's clearly trying to get this to report back to someone else. That's a good call. All right. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Being left with the bill sucks. um, Yeah. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I understand her perspective, even if I disagree with it. If cardiac frog is a 10 or a nine, this is, this is a four. It's inconvenient, but it's not the end of the world. I think it stinks that you, well, you as in the person that submitted this email is left feeling badly about yourself for no reason. You've been shamed into thinking that you're a, a man whore, <laughs> even though you're probably just a normal dude. Right. You're probably just a normal single person. So anyway, that one was interesting, but let's see if it beats this week's opposition, this week's challenger. All right. What's up, Michelle? What's up, Saruti? I met this guy on a dating app and we chatted for a few weeks. Things were going great. He seemed like someone I could really connect with. We had reached the air quotes, good morning text date. So I was feeling pretty good about things. Quick aside, 
I think when you start sending good morning texts to somebody, you're into them, right? What a ridiculous thing to do now that you look back at it. As soon as you wake up, good morning, beautiful. That's, I don't know, it's it's uncomfortable. I feel like texting in that time is always kind of uncomfortable because you're always kind of walking on eggshells. You're trying to be, you're trying to make sure that you're texting enough, but also not, you know, coming off as kind of a creep and a stalker. Like there's a very fine line there. And I, I always say that, a lot of it has to do with whether or not you like the person to begin with, you know, creepy and normal. It's a matter of perspective, really, of how much you're into that guy or girl. But yeah, the good morning text is weird. Were you ever good morning, good night guy? Yeah, sadly. Oh, I didn't Back in my younger days. Wow. Yeah, I don't, probably in high school, I was a totally different, I mean, I was a totally different guy in high school. I was not as confident. I was more in my head about things, Uh, even into college a little bit. Post-college, like working style, Saruti, no, doesn't care. The good morning text probably didn't happen. I was much more, I gave you a lot more space. There was probably a lot of confusion too. Um, do you like that as, as a girl? Would you like when you got a good morning text? I don't know if I would now. I mean, I don't care now, but I remember when I was younger, same thing. I would get the good morning, beautiful text every day and be like, wow, he's so into me that he woke up this morning. And the first thing he thought of was just send this to me. <laughs> and now I, don't, I couldn't care less. <laughs> now it's like, Hey, what's up? Like, what do you want to eat for dinner later? <laughs> You're like, Hey, cool. Yeah. Nachos is the answer. Nachos is always the answer. That's a great like, nachos is The always sooner the you can start eating nachos and comfortably in a relationship, the better off that relationship is going to be. I've said this before. The quicker we can get to football, sweatpants, nachos, the better off we'll be. 100%. 100%. That is the real us. If you can see anyone, sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on, eating nachos, watching football, and you like them after that state, you're good. Yeah. Instead of asking how many people you've slept with, try to get to the nacho stage as fast as possible. Then you know it's a lasting relationship. You know, and there's a lot you can learn about eating nachos with someone. You can learn a lot about someone when you eat nachos with For them. For sure. Because if they're going to take all the chips with all of the great toppings on them first and leave you with the soggy ones or the crumbly ones or ones with no cheese or chicken on it, then that's not somebody you want to be with. They're selfish. There's a lot of dainty eating that goes on in the early part of dates, though, or early part of relationships, too. Like, nobody wants to order, oh. the, order the burger and just no house wings. it in front of somebody's face. Chicken wings are off the table until at least date 10, I would say. Uh, you have to be steadily dating for, for chicken wings, to, especially from the, this isn't right, but especially from the girl's perspective. Yeah, that's a good call. So I guess the closer you can get to being com- a comfortable eater, the better your relationship's going to be in the long run. Right. Okay. That was a quick deviation. Back yeah, sorry. To the, the frog. Okay. So they met online, they were chatting, they were at the good morning text stage. So she felt good about this guy. Okay. Here we are picking up. When it got to the point for him to ask me on a date, he asked me if I wanted to join he and his friends at brunch. Part of me was excited that he already wanted me to meet his friends. And then the other side of me was confused as to why he wouldn't want to take me out on a proper date and actually get to know me in person. I told him I had a conflict that night, but that I would love to hang out with him another time. He followed up by asking me to go to a dinner party again with his friends at his friend's house. I then started to think this was really weird that he wasn't wanting to have one-on-one time with me. Was this dude trying to secretly work in an orgy situation or something here? (laughs) So instead of letting him set the tone, I took control and invited him to dinner. He accepted, and I was really excited to finally hang out and see where this took us. The night of the date came. I arrived at the restaurant first. I was sitting at the table, messing with my phone, and I looked up, and here comes my date with another couple. (laughs) He showed up to the date with other people the entire time. They just talked amongst themselves. And I basically sat there and ate my salad and listened to their dumbass inside jokes. Worst first date ever. What? I don't really even have a 
a response to that other than that's a stupid move. And I wonder if he's afraid of something or maybe he just really wanted to go on double dates or maybe his, maybe his friends were pressuring him into finding someone to go on double dates with. And they were just like, Hey, find some girl and bring her invite her. And he was like, whatever, get off my, get off my back. I'll figure it out. That's so odd. And especially from the girl's perspective, meeting the friends is a very intense process. Like I remember when, you know, I'd introduce my girlfriends to my friend group who are a very, how do I describe my friends? They're very judgmental. They're kind of like <laughs> me. They are very forward. They're good people, but they're not going to pull any punches and they're going to tell you what they think. And we have a very, you know, we go back to high school. So it's kind of intense. There's a lot of inside jokes. Um, most of them are probably terrible if you don't know what they are. Right. So that's something I wouldn't do until probably at least five dates in. That's wild. So for him to do that, I, that's a terrible move by him. Clearly, he either doesn't know how to date or he was trying to sabotage it from the start. Five dates in even seems early to me. Yeah, it's such a big step in the relationship because I've had relationships where my friends just did not like her, period. It was just never going to work out. Now, luckily, my wife now, Maddie, she fits in very well with the group and was able to make fun of them back. So right off the bat, it worked out. It was totally fine. But I've had girlfriends who my friends straight up didn't like and they would tell them, tell each other they didn't like it to their faces. And it got really awkward for a while. Yeah, that is awkward. And you know, if you're meeting the friends and it's not going well, you know, instantly, you can sense that mm-hmm. vibe instantly. And then you feel like you failed the test and it's just very weird. I have been in situations where people have been brought into the friend group and it's an immediate fail. And it's very mm-hmm. obvious that it's an immediate fail. And then it's, you know, what are we going to do for the next hour? I guess we should order some drinks because this is getting really, Everybody really drunk. stressful. There you go. Everybody's yeah. stressed. Everybody's stressed. Although the and- drunk thing, it's risky though, because then real truths can start flying. It can get worse. Ugh, I don't know. But the more drinks you have, the more you start looking around the table with your friends, giving the eyes like, who's going to tell her? Who's going to yeah. tell her that this guy sucks? Yeah, she doesn't figure it out. But I, what I, the question I want to ask from you is, the thing I don't understand about this frog situation is, why? What's the motivation? I don't get it. Why would he do that? So I guess my initial reaction is maybe he's really insecure and maybe he wants there to be some sort of a barrier between him and the friends. Yeah. He needs backup or he feels like he won't have to fill the conversation or those uncomfortable pauses that could happen when you're first meeting someone. And maybe he likes her and he wanted to see or wanted her to see a good version of him with his friends. But either way, if she clearly is trying to take control and saying, Maybe we should go on a one-on-one date. I planned a dinner for us. You should read the room, dude. There's just no way that's going to end well. It just isn't, you know, and I hope that's not the case. That's kind of sad if that's the, if that's what he was doing, you know, that he was so insecure that he felt like he couldn't be alone with her. And then there are some bigger issues that he probably needs to figure out. Ah, yeah, I don't know. But that is a good theory by you. I didn't think about it, about it that way. His best self is with his friends and he wants to experience it that way. I thought you were going to say the double date is still weird, but it's not as bad. I thought you were going to say he just invited a bunch of his friends to the date. And it was this girl and a bunch of his buddies hanging out at the bar, just you know, chilling, watching the game. And then she's basically the odd man out after a couple hours. Well, I think maybe one of the hangs was with a bunch of guys. I think the brunch thing was with guys from what I could gather from yeah. the text. Hmm. But either way, that is such a weird play at first. And I know that some people might be thinking, no, it's more casual, less stress because there's a group. But I think it's more like a gang up on somebody type thing. And that one sucks. Like if we're comparing, I don't know what we want to call these bedpost frog, how many notches on your bedpost frog <laughs> yes. to group hang frog or friend frog, maybe what's let's assign a name first to each. I like bedpost frog for sure. That makes me think okay. of the Sugar Ray song. And then <laughs> what's the, oh, what's a good one for the second one? Probably double date frog. I don't know. Squad frog. Squad frog. Squad frog is squad a good frog. one. Okay. Yeah. So we've got bedpost frog versus squad frog. And even though I think bedpost frog is aggressive, 
because that's a weird question and a very invasive question to ask someone early on. I almost think forcing a group hang on a girl you don't know is more aggressive. So I'm going with Squad Frog as the winner this week. I'm going with Squad Frog too. I think that is a little bit more awkward, a little bit weird. And thinking this through a little bit more, the only time that would be acceptable, and this wasn't the case in this time, was if it was mutual friends trying to set two people up. You know, if, if the girl and the guy both knew this couple and they're like, hey, let's all go out together and we'll go on a date. Like, that's cool. That's totally fine for right. a first date. Cause then there's, you all know each other. There's no awkwardness. Correct. Everyone could have a conversation with different people and it's fine. There isn't just one odd girl out who doesn't know anybody here at this table whatsoever. That's sure. fine. So in, in saying all that, I do think squad frogs is slightly worse just because I would have so many questions and I don't know, at least with the bedpost frog, it's weird. And you just, all right, this didn't work out. We're going to move on. I wouldn't have closure. I'd be like, why did you do this? Why couldn't we just hang out by ourselves? I actually liked you. I want to go on a date with you. Why did you make your friends tag along with you? Yeah, you were sending good morning texts to me singular, not to the group text. That would be so good if you did it on the group text. (laughs) That would be so good. Imagine that. You just get three random numbers you don't know. And it's, hey, good morning, beautiful. And you and this other guy. What is happening right now? Yeah, that's so bizarre. And imagine then you don't want to get up and make a scene, but you have to sit there the whole time. And listen to them tell inside jokes and pretend to laugh at them. That sucks. Yeah. No, that's just not a way to get a second date, period. Even if you don't like your personality, you should just take the chances and not bring your friends along. It's just not going to work out. Yeah, but, take them on a proper date, dude. Yeah, that's uh, that's weird. But I would want more background on that. The fact that I don't know more about it is bothering me a little bit. I can reach out and find out more. We Please. can circle back on this because there may be more. I'm wondering, did she just ghost him after that? Did she say, hey why the group situation i'll follow up you have to confront you have to confront him though right don't you have to just say hey what's going on you know why do you not want to hang out with me one-on-one this is dating this is what you have to do when you date people you can't just bring your friends to every function that we do for the rest of time your friends aren't going to come on our honeymoon eventually you know right you'd have to lay that out very quickly and then depending on his response is what the future of the relationship is I would be like, is this a thruple deal and you're trying to add me in or what's happening? And if so, you need to throw that on the table. That needs to be addressed at the beginning. I have a story about a thruple a little bit later in A plus content, actually. So that's a great transition for, or a great uh, deep tease for a little bit later. I mean, I don't know if I can wait until then. <laughs> I mean, you can't just throw out, I have something to say about a thruple. Well, all right, let's Even do, let's, let's figure out if this, where the, okay. how this uh, weighs in with our champion frog and then we'll get into A plus content. Okay, so does squad frog beat our reigning frog which is cardio frog not a chance not a chance (laughs) absolutely not cardio frog is the tom brady of the situation and i'm sorry you know what uh squad frog is mitch trubisky (laughs) you know it's average at best sorry good good comp good comp i was gonna say jared goff jared goff there you go newly by the way jared goff Going from LA being coached by Sean McVay to going to Detroit and being coached by that guy, Dan Campbell, who, if you haven't seen his introductory press conference where he talks about biting people's kneecaps, yes. talk about a complete, complete change of scenery, LA, Detroit, and then in the coaching situation. I kind of feel bad for Jared Goff now. Um, I, know I don't. You probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, but not because of his LA ties, but because I think that at least in Detroit, he's starting in a somewhat clean slate. I don't know if he's going to have any success there. I think probably what they're going to ask him to do might be different based on the personnel that they have, but I think they can at least build around him. And I'm telling you what, this Rams thing, if they don't win right away, they are going to be up shit's Creek and I'm going to be laughing all the live long days, Dave, because of their lack of draft equity. But let me tell you, just like everything with the Rams follow the money. 
They need butts in seats when they open that stadium. They need people to buy PSLs. This is not even a, we need to win now because we're desperate to win a Super Bowl deal. This is a, we can't convince people in LA to buy tickets to this monstrosity of a stadium with Jared Goff as our starting quarterback. We've got to do something. At least Matthew Stafford will provide some intrigue. So trust me, this is a money grab as much as it is anything else. You're right. Um, and they clearly just hate first round picks. They haven't had a first round pick, I think, since Jared Goff, and they won't have one for another three or four years, I believe. But yeah. I'm happy for Matt Stafford. He had to spend his entire now career. Oh, come on. It's not his fault. Steve, I was very much looking forward to cheering for Matthew Stafford. This was one of my favorite storylines in the offseason that he was finally escaping Detroit. I was going to cheer for him because he deserves this opportunity to be great. And you know what? Sorry, dude, but now I hate you. You're on the hate list. I cannot like Jared Goff. Hey, welcome to the good side. Everything is great. Jared and I are cool now. I have nothing against Jared. (laughs) Jared's back in your life. There you go. Jared's back. I mean, (laughs) we went to Jared. It's all good. I now consider Matthew Stafford the enemy. So. You know what? Jared Goff should go and talk to Blake Griffin, actually, because they have a lot in common. Blake Griffin got traded from the Clippers right. in L.A. to Detroit as well. They should talk about how kind of depressing it is to hang out in Detroit. Sorry to anyone you know, in Detroit. Your city has great uniforms. Other than that, probably not a great place to be. You know what? I think there's some revitalization going on in Motown, from what I'm hearing. Mm. But it's cold there. Cold I'll take your AF. word for it. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I'll Come see on, pictures. you're Midwest Saruti. Come on. The disrespect. I know. and I'm alienating my people in Michigan and Detroit, but I... I'd rather be in numerous cities in the Midwest. I'd rather be in Milwaukee, I think, than Detroit. I'd rather be, obviously, in Madison. I'd rather be in Chicago. I'd rather, there are so many places in the Midwest I feel like I would pick before Detroit. No, are you looking at me weird? Because you did not mention the most coveted spot. Hello. St. You did Louis. not even mention St. Louis on the list. What I would rather be in St. Louis. Yeah, I'd rather be in St. Louis. You. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, that goes okay. without saying. Hold on. Wait a second. If I had you list the top five cities in the Midwest that you would prefer to live in, would St. Louis even crack the top five? Madison. Uh, well, I haven't been to all these cities, so I'm just it, this is off perception alone. Sure, sure. So, and I haven't been to, I haven't been to Detroit, haven't been to St. Louis. Uh, I've been to Chicago bad. one time. So I'd say I would say Madison. I would say Chicago. No, in no particular order, but these are ones. Sure. Um, Milwaukee. Yeah, St. Louis would be my top five. What else? What else am I missing? What are the other major cities in, in the Midwest? I mean, you could throw Detroit in there. Indianapolis is in the mix Oh, there. I heard a good thing about Indianapolis, right? Everybody loves the it's a big, big event city, right? The Super Bowl is there a lot. The Final Four is there a lot. And everybody loves going there. It just doesn't seem like there's anything to do there. Everybody loves going there for those events because everything is very centralized downtown. Okay. It's walkable. Uh, there's a great place where you can eat shrimp that has horseradish in it. I've heard good things about Minneapolis. Yes, right? I've been there. It's I've very great. I've heard good things about lots Minneapolis. Of, lots of lakes, lots of activity going on there. A lot of snow, Target too. Field, amazing. Uh, so yeah, it would crack my, t- it'd be a little lower end, but it would crack my top five. Come on. And you're there. So, you know, come on. I was going to be so offended after ever, <laughs> after all the St. Louis fun facts that I've given you and everything that I've done to promote this city and this region, you would diss us, but I didn't no, come on. In the top five. That would be, that would have hurt my heart. Steve. I'm a dick, but I'm not that much of a dick. Come on. <laughs> I'm glad that even if you did want to put it in there, you would lie to me yeah. and save our friendship. Oh, St. Louis is great. Love it. Love it. It's the best. Okay. So 10,000 frogs, if you have any bad dates that you think beat squad frog bedpost frog but especially if you have a date that you think beats cardio frog please submit it to the website smalltalkpod.com well that was fun we hadn't done that in a while it's amazing some of these dates people go on it makes me happy that i'm married i guess i don't know sorry to you michelle but i don't think you that's like, right i don't want to be married <laughs> <laughs> okay i think uh it makes me not miss the dating scene as much although i don't know there are some things that i guess you do miss but not weird dates although i was lucky i didn't go on that many odd dates. i had a couple here and there but you know it is what it is I do have one more relationship question for you, Steve, before we Mm. get to A-plus content. Fire away. 
So we have this segment on my radio show, Character and Smallman, that you can listen to on 101 ESPN. You can listen live on the app wherever you live. Please do so. Streaming Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. Central. But we do a segment weekly called Ask Uncle Randy. My co-host Randy Carricker is such a wise guy and he gives great advice. He's very calm and funny and he delivers advice in such a sage and palatable way so people submit questions to him and he gives them life advice essentially it's mostly relationship advice or disputes around the office that happens a lot too oh yeah okay good so we got a question to ask uncle randy from a guy who was saying that he had started dating this girl and things were serious they were super into each other is you know probably the one trending that way but she had asked him for the passcode to his phone she wouldn't be able to get in there whenever she wanted And he was asking Uncle Randy for advice because he said, on one hand, I was offended that she would ask me for this because that implies that she doesn't trust me for some reason. And it seems like a weird thing to know that I could be sleeping and she's going through my phone and all my emails and everything. But on the other hand, I know if I don't give it to her, it's just going to breed even more insecurity and even more distrust. And it's probably going to build into a bigger issue. And that's certainly not something that I want either. So he didn't know if he should give out the passcode or not. And I actually did a poll on Twitter, Steve, that got a ton of response. And let me pull up the results before I ask you the question. But thousands of people voted and 84% of people said they would give their phone passcode to their significant other. So as someone that is married, I certainly want to get your thoughts on this. I would definitely give my passcode away. And I don't know how early I did it in the relationship, but I mean, for as long as I can remember, Maddie has been able to have access to my phone. Also because she does a lot of things for me, you know, like clerical things, she pays the bills that way. She needs access to my phone to make my life easier, literally. So I don't know. I don't really care. I don't think twice about it. But if you're one of those guys that's kind of shady, then I can see why you would have a problem with this. But this is like that government surveillance thing where people are like, I don't want, you know, don't you only have something to be afraid of if you're trying to hide something? I don't know. I'm never trying to hide something. So I guess I don't really care. You could have my phone. You can see all the stupid pictures of my dogs that I have on there. I'm not really (laughs) trying to hide anything from you. So I don't have a problem with it. But my first thought would be that if you don't want someone to have your phone, you're hiding something though, right? There's a reason that you, why wouldn't you not want them to have access to your phone? Because what else is going on in there? I guess that's a suspicious part of me. So I have no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah. I've been in situations where I've been in the car with someone before and let's say his phone is plugged in and we're driving and it's using navigation and it closes out or something and i've had a guy hand me his phone and be like hey my passcode's like 2244 mm-hmm. can you open it up or whatever and then you feel at ease about it you're thinking oh he has nothing to hide he just gave me his passcode i think the longer you don't give it the more suspicion rises even if you have nothing to hide even if this is just a you should trust me implicitly. Why do you need to go through all my texts and my emails to trust me? I do think that the longer you withhold it, the more your girl's going to be like, "Eh, there's a reason that you're withholding this. Are there married people out there that don't know their significant others? Yes. That's a thing? How is that possible? We got so many texts to the show that day and we had tons of people that wrote in and said, I've been married for 10 years and I would never give away my passcode. She's never asked and I would never give it, but I would never ask for hers either. So many people said that because they said, I trust my spouse a hundred percent. So I don't need the code. Like one guy wrote in to the show and said, I would never give my wife my phone passcode. And it's not because I'm doing anything shady, but it's because I don't want her to see my browser history. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a good call. But erase your history, dude. That's what all the normal people do. Come on. 
but also what are you looking up that's well, so weird that you wouldn't want well, your wife to know I mean, about it do we really want to get into that I yeah know. i mean i i would think that she would know or at least have some sort mm, of inkling rated content i would assume. Right, but like you think your wife is really gonna care people are into some weird shit michelle i think you're <laughs> underestimating you really know everything about a person when you find out their browser history i don't know if i'd let maddie look at my brow- browser history is a totally different story but if you give her your phone she can look that up no, because if you're a smart person, you just manage your browser history, period. Come on. This is relationship 101 here. This, I'm not I, telling you anything new. I don't even know how to manage my browser history. You don't go into history and then erase last, there's like last hour, there's last day, there's all time. There's different ways to do it. Come on. If my boyfriend looked in my phone and wanted to see what that I was up to, you know what he would find? A lot of Bravo memes being sent back and forth between okay. me and yeah, my girlfriends. Well. And he would find me searching Nolan Arenado. And he would find me searching how to do a smoky eye on YouTube. I mean, this is not... So I don't know how to do any of that stuff, but I really also have nothing that I would feel uncomfortable. That's probably more for dudes than it is out. for girls now that I think about it, though. I don't know, because we had some women that wrote in and said... Like one woman specifically was like, I'm dating a guy and we're getting to the point where we're exclusive. But if he wanted my passcode, I would not want him to look at my Instagram DMs. Yeah. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's that's fair. And if you're not living together or you're not, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend, and you're keeping lines of communication open, I don't know. But I also think that there are things that, people probably think are totally benign. You know, I communicate with a lot of dudes every day. A lot, a lot of dudes. (laughs) I mean, my entire existence is basically chatting with dudes and I could see, yeah, I mean, humble brag. I chat with a lot of dudes, but (laughs) I could see someone looking at my phone and being like, why are you texting him? Why are you texting him? And I'd be like, go back and read it. It probably pertains to work, but you know what I mean? Like some people would have to answer more questions about who they communicate with. Yeah. I wouldn't be afraid of anything in, well, I wouldn't want my text messages revealed, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be afraid of my significant other seeing them, you know, there's a very But that's difference. the whole point. If you give them the passcode, they're going to see what you're sending to other people. That's okay. I have nothing. I have nothing. I don't, I don't want, care. again, I don't want them I to be made public, us. but I don't mind her seeing them. You know, uh, you know, the group chat is a weird place sometimes, but I'm okay with my wife seeing that, but I don't want that to be put out there for the public to see. But yeah, I, I think that browser history is a totally different thing. Browser history should, I mean, that is the most intimate of intimate things that you can look at. And that would be a problem. Yes. So I did have one friend once that had to look in her husband's phone for something. Oh boy. And not, not a bad thing. She just needed. But she stumbled upon something very weird. So as think. she opened it, the group chat was active mm. and she read some of the stuff mm. and she texted us on our group chat and was like, do you guys have any idea what dudes talk about in their group chats? Do you guys <laughs> have any idea what these guys are saying to each other? Because it is foul. And she told us some of the stuff and we were like, oh my God, we're over here texting about did A-Rod cheat on JLo with a Bravo star? How could you cheat on JLo? She's so hot. And guys are talking about some other stuff. Yeah, but there's nothing, you guys don't, you don't talk about anything raunchy with your girlfriends? Come on. Not really. I mean, Come not that on. I would, would be afraid of for someone to look at, but I think for her to see that her husband was having these conversations with guys that she's never been privy to that before, it was pretty jarring. It's two worlds colliding that shouldn't be, that should, it's like two universes Correct. that should not be happening together. And then Correct. the big bang happens and it's like, okay, everything's done. Right. She doesn't need to be out on guys night and hearing how they talk to one another, but 
I just think you have to be aware of stuff like that too. I mean, it certainly wasn't bad, but she's like, should I bring this up to him that I no, saw it? No. And I said, no, I was like, do not bring it up because- No, that would make things weird. That Yeah, because then he'll be like, why are you reading my messages? And it's not like you were in search of them. You weren't seeking them out. They just happened to- Because, you know, she was looking up something and they kept coming through on the top. And she was It was like, a hot oh, topic right there. Something was going topic. down. And she was like, oh my God. God, this is so gross. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. If she ever referenced that and said, hey, like, why was Steve tweeting or, you know, texting you about this? Then yes. then there's a red flag goes up. And then I would be like, why are you looking at my phone? Even if you, even right. if I knew you had access to my phone, it's a right. slippery slope. You don't go public with that information. You keep that to yourself. Unless there's something really incriminating and crazy on there that makes you want to break up with them, which I'd imagine there wouldn't be if they're having access to your phone in the first place. But no, if it's just like simple things. And I'm trying to think, you know, maybe a year into the relationship. I don't know if you guys are deaf. I mean, if you're married, you have to have, I just feel like that's so weird if you don't have access to the other person's phone. It's just, I it's, feel like if you're living together, living together, engaged or married, you should have it, right? Just for bill paying purposes. I mean, come on. There's so many things on there that I would have to then, you know, be like a third party going through me to tell her. It's like, no, just check my phone. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. If we're sharing a mortgage, if we're sharing a baby, if we're sharing a dog, if we're sharing a life together, that should be something that you have access to. And I have access to, too. And final thought on this. If you don't have it, it's always going to linger over your relationship. The other person's always totally. going to be like, what are they hiding? There's, it's going to be in the back of your mind, no matter what happens, even if you have a great relationship and you guys love each other and it's awesome. If you're withholding information, there doesn't even have to be any real good information in there. Your mind is going to wander and think it's something worse than it actually probably is. So you might as well just do it and then get it over with and make sure you quit your browser history. Take it from Steve, a happily married man. Yeah, there you go. What do we got? Two plus years. Here we go. <laughs> Two plus years going strong. Okay, well, before we close this thing out, let's do some A plus content, shall we? I know you had some stuff you wanted to throw out there, Steve, so I'll let you go first. I got two things. All right, so this involves the thruple that I teased before. This yes, is a I'm show. Dying to hear about this. <laughs> this is a show that Maddie and I stumbled upon. You ever watch House Hunters? HGTV, yes, of course. It's super popular. Of course. It's, it's always the dumbest thing ever because none of the people in House Hunters ever who are looking for houses ever have real jobs. One of them is always unemployed and the other one is like an underwater basket weaver and they're somehow their budget 2.5 million and they're living right, in downtown LA. It's ridiculous. Right. So they have this new version of the show. It's called House Hunters Comedians on a Couch. Have you heard of it? No. It's basically House Hunters. It's the same setup as House Hunters. It's a couple with a real estate agent, except there's no narrator this time. It's carried by comedians who are giving their takes on all the different things that happen and making fun of the people looking for houses. And it's hosted by Natasha Leggero and Dan Levy, not Daniel Levy from Schitt's Creek, Dan Levy, the comedian. And then they always have a third comedian in there. So it's been guys like John Mulaney, uh, Whitney Cummings, J.B. Smooth, uh, Seth Rogen was on one. Nice. And it is so freaking funny because they're doing what you do, what normal people do when you watch House Hunters. They're making fun of the people for how ridiculous their stories are. And they always find them the craziest people. And the second episode with Seth Rogen, I believe, was with a thruple. There was a thruple looking. So it was two it was a guy and a girl who were a little bit older, probably in their late 30s, early 40s. And it was a younger girl. And they were all together, the three of them, looking for a house in like Colorado Springs or something. And it was insane. None of them liked anything that was similar. All of them wanted different things. Then there was a, a thing about a three-car garage and whether or not whose car would be parked outside. Ooh. And it just got me thinking about thruples in general. One person's always going to be the odd man out in certain situations. It's got to be so awkward. But the show is so funny. The comedians are so good. Highly recommended A-plus content. It's literally like your friends, but the comedians talking about house hunters. Your friends, but funnier. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. The Seth Rogen, I, I can't recommend it enough. Okay, I will definitely watch that. Good recommendation. But you're right. There is a power dynamic in the thruple and one person in the thruple may not be aware of the power dynamic until they go to buy a home together and all of a sudden one of them's parking on the street. That's well, when you know what's up. 
I don't want to spoil what happened, but the guy wanted one thing. And of course, he didn't get it. <laughs> the other two outvoted him out and got whatever house that they wanted. Was it, it was a guy and two women? Guy and two women. And what happened was, so they were married. The guy, the two older ones that were a little bit older, they were married. And I guess she was bi. And he always knew that. And then she was just like, hey, do you want, would you be interested in? They met this girl at a bar, I think. And then wow. they're like, hey, would you want to, you know, be in a throuple? And she's like, yeah, sure. Why not? So then they just started living together and hanging out. And I guess that's how it happens. Uh, which I was actually mistaken. I think I told this on the pod one time, but I was mistaken for being in a throuple one time in Washington, D.C. True story. Let's revisit that. Yeah. So it was Valentine's Day. Tell me if this is weird. Okay. Uh, it was Valentine's Day, probably like 2008, nine, 2009. I was studying abroad there in D.C. and do, Not abroad, studying. It was like a study abroad program, but not abroad. It was in D.C. And sure. two of my friends came to visit, a guy and a girl. So we went out to dinner on Valentine's Day night and... We were sitting at a table together having Valentine's Day dinner. And my friend, Shane, sat next to me and my other friend, the girl, was on the other side of the table. So the waiter didn't, wasn't really sure how to, I guess, perceive that and just asked us straight up if we were in a throuple. And we were like, what? That was the first time I'd ever heard what a throuple was. And I didn't even really know what he was saying. And he explained it to us. And we we're like, no, man, we're all single. This is not a weird thing that's going on. So, yeah. Interesting. So you're like, I'm not in a throuple. I'm also not Dupree. This is just three buds hanging out on Valentine's Day. This is just three people who are all lonely on Valentine's Day having some having some good, uh, I don't know, some fried chicken or whatever we went, went to. It was good. It was wow. my first introduction into throuples. And now I feel like it's just this thing that I've, I'm always amazed by that people, I could never imagine being in a relationship with that third person. And that's like guys who have multiple wives. Like, why would you want? And that's what they talked about in, in the House Hunter show. Seth Rogen was like, I never win arguments anyway. If you introduce a third person to this, I'm literally never going to be able to talk. Yeah, it just seems like a lot to balance. And every, some things work for different people, but that just seems like, to your point, there's always going to be two people ganging up on one. Yeah, two of them are going to go off on their own. It's going to happen at some point. You don't know when. It might be a year from now, but it might be 10 years from now, but it's going to happen. Trust me. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. I will definitely check that out. What else you got? Uh, my second one is, uh, this is also crazy and you're going to probably hate this. There's a movie. Oh God, what? Came out a couple years ago and I just got around to watching. It's called I See You. It's with Helen Hunt. Basically okay. the premise, and I don't want to give it away, but the premise, it's a, a kid gets kidnapped in this small town. They try to figure out who it is and it's this thing. But then another part of the movie introduces this thing that I didn't even know was real. Have you ever heard of the term frogging? Is this where people in the South wait till it's dark outside and then they catch frogs in a net? No, it's frogging with a P-H, P-H-R-O-G-G-I-N-G. Okay. It is wild. I didn't know it was a thing until I saw this movie and now I'm freaking out and I think I'm going to probably make you freak out too. Oh, God. It's basically when someone is living in your house and you don't know that they're living in there. So they hide in an attic and they just live there for years. This is a real thing. It actually happens. And in this movie, there was this young couple who was living in this other person's attic for, it was only a, a couple of weeks, but this happens over longer courses of time. And that people living in the house had no idea they were there. Wait, my heart just started racing. I, I knew this would not be a, this a pleasant is not, thing for you. So how do they get in? They wait till the family leaves. Yep. They break into the home. They nestle up in the attic like mm -hmm. some ticks and then they just hide up there. And so, then they wait till they leave every day. And then they go down, they scurry and they eat food. Yep. So what happened in the movie what? was one day the last person was leaving the house, like the dad took the car to the garage and the people came and ran in, got in through the garage door as it was closing. 
and then just post it up in the, in the attic. And then, yeah, they would come downstairs. They would do stuff in the middle of the night and they would start screwing with the family. Like they took all of the silverware out of the drawer one day and put it in the washing machine. So the family had no idea what was, they were just pulling pranks on them. And it was insane. I don't know if that's what usually people do, but if you go online and Google the stuff, there are legitimate videos of people frogging in other people's. It's nuts. My anxiety is through the roof. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to take a- this topic. I hate this. That freaks me out to no end because think about how violated you would feel if you found out that there were not only people living in your home and violating your space, but violating your privacy. Think about the things that you say and the safety and comfort of your home. Think about the things they might have seen and or heard in the comfort of your home. They're eating your food. Mm-hmm. You're, are they showering? Are they team no shower, yep. pro no shower? Are no, they, they showering? Shower. They shower, but just when you're not home. Yeah. So what do they do? No towels? What are they going to use the towels? I can promise you if I do a fresh batch of towels and everything's clean and I come home and there's a towel missing, I'm going to notice it. But if you got a couple of kids, right? And your house is big, who's going to notice an extra towel once a week? You know, you're never going to notice that. That is disgusting. Yeah. It actually blew my mind. And it's a good movie. I don't want to give away, but it's called I See You. And that's only part of the movie. And there's actually a reason that they were frogging there. At least one of the people was frogging and it's revealed at the end of the movie why he was doing that. There's a, it's a good payoff. So I highly recommend it if you're not Michelle and you're not, you know, now going to have to take some anti-anxiety pills to calm down after this. But I I did some research on this too, Michelle. There's a woman, I guess in the 1920s, this is a famous case of frogging, but she knew about it. So her name was Dolly Osterich. Um, She secretly kept her lover in the attic of her home without her husband knowing for multiple years. When her husband would go to work, she would just hook up with this guy during the day and he would live in the attic at night and he would write novels by candlelight, essentially. And for years, her husband never knew he was there until one day he heard them talking up in the attic, came upstairs, and the guy who was hiding in the attic accidentally shot the husband and killed him. So the husband, who was the victim of frogging, is the is the one he that died. ended up dead. He died. Yeah, and then they tried. To, what a way to go! And then they tried to frame it. So they tried to frame it like it was a break in, and the guy who was hiding in the attic hid the woman in a closet and acted like it was a burglary. So she got completely off scotch free, and it wasn't figured out until what actually happened until many many years later. Wild, wild story. Talk about a side piece. Like that's a that side piece on a whole yeah. other level. Wow. That is a commitment to your side piece like I have never heard before. Yeah. So frogging, look it up. Trust me. You can I went down the rabbit hole on the Google machine. It was uh it was quite the Saturday night. No, you know what? This is not commitment to the side piece. This is the side piece commitment to the main. Imagine how much you would have to love someone as the side piece to say, yeah, not only will I hook up with you while you're with somebody else, you can burrow me up in the, the attic for years. And I'm just going to chill there. I don't even need sunlight. I will write my novels by candlelight. (laughs) If you don't have a lot going on though, it could be kind of a sweet setup, right? You don't have to pay rent. You're (laughs) you're hooking up with someone for a pretty consistent amount of time. You get to eat whatever food you want. You just have to be really quiet during the day. It could be a decent setup. Okay. But you're getting your lover's husband's scraps of food and you're hearing them hook up the times that you don't, you aren't with her. Yeah, but you can order Postmates now. And then when the guy goes to work, you're totally fine. You give me an Xbox and FIFA upstairs. I'd be all right. I'll be fine. You don't think that you would be found out? They would hear you cheering? Mm-hmm. No, I'd be quiet. I could be quiet. Yeah, no. If I knew my life was at risk, I could be quiet. But again, if you're going to live in your side pieces, you're the side piece and you're living in her attic, you probably don't have a lot going on in life. You know, no. Wow. I can't imagine the level of love for someone and also the level of desperation that you must have to not have yeah. a pretty sick living setup for you to say, you know what? I will be the side piece and I will live in the attic. And then you wouldn't have to worry about giving this guy, giving your husband your phone password, because if you want to go talk to your side piece, you just walk upstairs. It's totally fine. 
<laughs> Can you, I'm imagining the side pieces frogging in the attic and you're texting them. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll be up in 20. He's leaving to go to the gym. And then the husband hears the whoop, the sound of the text yeah. going off. And he's like, what is that? He would oh, literally go insane. Side piece. Yeah, that's a bummer. So yeah, he didn't have a great ending to his life, unfortunately. But yeah, famous case. And so those are my two. Highly recommend the movie is really good. And then obviously the comedians uh, watching House Hunters is awesome. So those are my A plus contents. What do you got? Well, thank you for blowing my mind. I know. I'm sorry that I probably gave you. Wow. I, I didn't. I didn't realize my anxiety is so high right now. I didn't think about that until I started talking about. It. I'm like, Michelle is going to hate this, and she's going to think about it for months now. So I'm sorry. You know what I'm going to do now is hire a company to come sweep my house like once a year to make sure no one's frogging there. Well, what they do that is be my luck is that people think, oh, yeah, let's frog at her house. How people get found a lot is they'll set up cameras, right? So they'll just watch a blink camera during the day. And then some random person will just be walking in a rope through the house, eating ice cream out of the fridge. And they had no idea that like, why is this random person in my house? That's how they usually get caught. Yeah. Every house has cameras now. We have cameras. Every yeah. house has cameras. Yeah. But the only thing I could say is that frogging in, in the pandemic in 2021, that'd be a pretty big bummer. You really wouldn't be able to, everyone's home all the time. What is your escape mechanism? You're stuck in the attic. You're stuck in whatever room you are forever. And there's zero chance it's possible right now. Oh yeah, has frogging died in 2020 slash 2021? Because if your whole operation hinges on people leaving the house so that you can get the food and or shower in their shower and no one is leaving for days, weeks, months, who knows? Frogging is dead. Yeah, frogging no. does not hold up. Frogging does not hold up. <laughs> no, no, but it'll make a comeback. It'll come back. Come on. Once we get to get out again and, and you know people are going back to work and doing things, it'll happen again. People are going to go on vacation and the frogging community is going to say, now we strike. <laughs> the frogging community scares the hell out of me. So, Do you think there's a frogging Reddit, a subreddit for froggers? Probably. Yeah. Oh. Although, yeah. I mean, there's stuff like that for everything. It has to be, right? The froggers unite. You know, it's weird that we did 10,000 frogs about dates and we're talking about frogging now. There's frogs in general. Not for me. We'll just put it that content. way. Not, not for me. Not for <laughs> I have two things for A plus content and I'm going to lighten this up, Steve. I'm going to take yeah. this to a positive mine were, place. Mine were deep dives and very uh, unnerving things. Sorry. And this on a positive note, please. Okay, good. So let me pull this up. First, I want to talk about Jasmine Sullivan. Steve, do you know who she is? Nope. So she is a singer, a very talented singer. She has an album out called Hotels, H-E-A-U-X, Hotels. Nice. And it is very, very, very good. I highly recommend it. Lost One is my favorite song on the album. And Girl Like Me is great too. But she just has an incredible voice. I love her vibe. I love the songs. If you go on her past album, she's got some really, really good stuff. But she actually, Steve, is going to be singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl with Eric Church. Oh, all right. What's up? Is yes. it going to be remote? Are they going to be there? I feel like they, I've seen them do this now and they do it from remote. They do it over Skype or Zoom With or the, whatever. The two of them? Yeah. Or one of, there was something I was just watching. It might have been like a soccer game or something where they had a recorded national anthem. It was very strange. I don't know if it was going to be the same for the Super Bowl. So it doesn't say in the article I just had pulled up, but I would imagine that they'll both be there. I imagine that they'll get tested, that they'll be spread apart, but it's probably easier to sing a duet with someone when they're in person. Singing the national anthem, there's a lot of pressure on you too, because you have people gambling on whether or not you're going to go over two minutes and 20 seconds. Yep. Uh, I would always take the over on that, by the way. Especially a duet, definitely take the oh, over. Oh, especially a duet. They're going to be like competing for who's cool, you know, who sounds better. So they're going to be right. extra, extra long notes in that thing. Totally. But looking forward to that. Definitely hammer the over. Bet, bet of the year. Yeah. Rudy, your money guy and your gambling guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So Jasmine Sullivan, Hotels, check it out. Also, Steve, do you know who Allison Roman is? I don't think so. 
Allison Roman, no. Allison Roman. So she works for the New York Times cooking. She's a chef. Oh, and I do know who that is, I think. Yeah. Yes. I just, I just Googled so, her. Yep. Yep. So follow her on Instagram. She has some great recipes out there. Someone actually had given me her cookbook a while back, nothing fancy. And I had read it, but I hadn't made anything out of it. And then over the weekend, someone hit me and was like, hey, are you a Allison Roman? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I follow her on Instagram. I've made the cookies before, her famous chocolate chip cookies, but I haven't really done a deep dive on the recipes. And this person was like, watch her YouTube, her New York Times cooking YouTube videos. I'm telling you, you will love them. So this person sent me one of her meatballs. She makes these incredible meatballs with a pasta, with a meat sauce or a tomato sauce and pasta. And Steve, the videos are so great. She's so funny and relatable. And she's in her place in New York City in her kitchen. But the videos are so well done. They're so aesthetically pleasing. And it's almost in a pop-up video type construct. Do you remember that from Weird Kids on VH1 pop-up video mm-hmm. where you watch a music video and they would pop up with little facts? Mm-hmm. So it's her cooking. And as she's talking, it's almost like side commentary that's popping up that's really funny and the recipes look great so over this weekend i'm gonna make some Allison roman recipes and i'm really looking forward to it how's your uh making a, a one dessert a month thing going right what are we doing yes. for february uh so my dad's birthday is in february he's a groundhog february 2nd and so i'm actually going to be making a dessert this weekend for his birthday have not settled on one yet um i'm actually thinking maybe a little trace light chase cake steve oh because my dad loves Mexican food and we're doing a family hang it's where we're best. doing Mexican for my dad. So I was thinking I might do a trace leches, but that's involved. There's some steps there. There's some steps there. So I think I can do it. It's just, do I have the time and commitment to do it on a Saturday? I don't know what goes into that, but it seems like there's a lot of work that goes into a trace leches cake. But at the end, it's to me, it's my but favorite the payoff. Cake. It's amazing. Yeah. The payoff is so good. I know. Because I was thinking, what should I make? to compliment Mexican for my dad's birthday. And I think we might go Tres Leches. We might do it. Because that was the whole point of my resolution is that I need to challenge myself. I need to get in the kitchen. I need to throw down in the baking department. So why not? I was actually reading this thing. um, I forget where it was. I think it was maybe Slate or something about how at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was baking stuff. And they were baking so many things because it was the only thing people could do that grocery stores ran out of yeast. And most of the things that people were baking ended up being frozen and then thrown away because they baked too many things and they couldn't eat it all. Wow. I know. But that's what we were doing. I mean, there's nothing everybody, else to do. Yeah. I mean, it was like, everybody hey, I know had a sourdough starter. Everybody <laughs> yeah. I know was making, um, they were doing the cloud coffees, all those things yeah. you saw on Instagram. Everybody yeah. was doing that stuff. Yeah. You should start a TikTok with your, uh, with your baking endeavors. Yeah. That could be your next million thing. Come on. No, absolutely not. Because when I'm baking, there's a lot of, Hey, Google, what's this? <laughs> it's a lot of me, you know, swearing. Being like, eh, I don't know, is this boiling right? But you know, the end product is usually good. It's just the time involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think people will like it. But anyway, we're not TikTok people. So we'll move on. No. Okay. So Jasmine Sullivan, Allison Roman, two strong ladies, Steve, for my A plus content. Love it. Well, before we close this out, let's get to a review. If you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk. If you are searching for Small Talk, we are the black box with white writing, but you probably already know that because you're listening to this podcast. So you can see the cover art or lack thereof <laughs> when you're watching and or listening to the podcast. minimalist. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's what we do. We like things to be streamlined. So uh, you can leave a review, rate it, preferably five stars, and we may read it at the end of the podcast. But this one, Steve, comes from Davey, who says, love the show, five stars. 
I've been a day one Shelly exclamation point. Thank you, Davey. It says, love the show and the random conversation on topics my friends and I often deep dive on. Yeah, that's kind of like the vibe of the show, right? Davey, yeah. shout out to you for, that's what we want it to be. It's funny, we were kicking around things with John, with intern John about, you know, what our tagline could be, what our description in iTunes or Spotify can be just, you know, you know clean things up a little bit, yeah. make it things a little bit new, streamline some stuff. Revamp. And it's really hard to describe what our show is. It's nothing, but it's, it's a lot of things, but it's nothing at the same time. Right. So I don't know if you right. have any suggestions, hit us up, but that's what we're in the process of doing right now. But Davey, I think you had a good way of describing that's kind of what it is. It's a conversation that we, that you're going to have with your friends, but you know, we try to welcome you into having the conversation that we're having because we want to include everybody, including the day one Shelly's. Yeah. The Shelly's are our friends. Even if we aren't talking directly to you, we're talking with you and you're talking with us. We love the Shelly's. Yeah, but we appreciate your feedback. And again, leave all your comments and stuff on the website and all those places because we uh, will love to hit you back. Intern John loves hitting people back on the website. So to make sure he's not lonely, make sure you're commenting there. Yeah, hit up John. Make him feel loved. Yeah, John <laughs> needs some love. All right, well, Steve and I will be back in action next week. We're working on a potential interview for next week. Hoping yep. that one comes through because it could be very interesting. But until then, Steve, frogging is my nightmare. Minus throuples. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.